police. Tell the sheriff I shot him. Who? Donovan, he's still on the loose. Is this some kind of joke? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. Hey guys, what's up? This is episode three of 80s uh, Terror and a Track. And a Track. There we go. I don't even remember the fucking name anymore. So uh, I know episode two, we didn't get to answer the questions and the comments for the first episode. So we're going to do them all here. We're always going to be one episode behind. So basically, I have a little, little tablet here. So we'll start here. Peter England. This was the first track of an album. This is basically in reference to Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, of an album I had, but was stolen late... Uh, Late by someone. By the way, the first double album in the hip hop history released on January 1st, 1988, of He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper by DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. They sampled the theme of Nightmare on Elm Street. Silly song, but great nostalgia. That's what he recommended. Yeah. Is that the, did we yeah. hear that one? Um, I, we did it in the car the other day. And I was we like, sure, we sure did. And I said some bad shit about yeah. Will Smith being classic. Yeah. Not yeah. a very good rapper. But that's, <laughs> sorry, yeah. I, I don't know shit about rap. Yeah. I just, not my thing. With Not Will Smith yeah. rap, not my thing. Um, yeah, not, not a big fan. It's fine. Okay. So, Ja yeah. Punk, he says, The Henry Rollins heir of the Black Flag has a song, Black Coffee, that would be a good needle drop when Nancy is staying up all night resisting falling asleep. Coffee maker in the closet, spurts of energy at 4 a.m., which is the moment that inspired Wes Craven to transform a real-life event into a real-life event. And he spelled real the second time, obviously, R-E-E-L. Yeah. Ah, uh, clever. He, and he continues, since Brandon likes chopping malls so much, how about you cover a movie just to the side of it, Night of the Common, which I also brought up to you yes. beforehand. Yeah, I saw the trailer. It looks fantastic. Also has Kelly Maroney and seeps with frivolous fun. Or, if I could just a movie that's not horror, Subway from 1985 just drips with plastic neon of the decade. This time a French production, which may appeal to Brandon's taste for international art. Now, I actually don't know Subway from 1985. If I do, it's only in passing. Um, Canto 1408, I would love to see you guys tackle Possession 1981. Now that's a fucking bonkers. I've heard of that one. Not seen it, but I'm down. <laughs> it's a weird movie. Uh, then we have Nick Mua. Obvious choice of song, perhaps, is Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. What, what year did yeah. that one come out? Uh, 1986. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they use it in the stand. Yeah. Um, feels like a right fit for Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, OG. The sadness and melancholy that oozes from this song feels similar to the sense of loss and pain in Mr. Craven's masterpiece. Would you consider discussing, discussing Near Dark in the foreseeable future? Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like Near Dark, but I always, like, it was one of those movies that I felt was underrated for years. And then it's become overrated, but it's still a great movie, and I, I, it's, it, it's it's an interesting take on the vampire genre. And he continues, cool, an '80s tribute show that's not too sugary sweet or sickeningly nostalgic. Or so, if you truly have a skeletal Freddy face, does this mean you'll be seeing you in our dreams, Sir Parka? I'd be down with that. 
I do not control your dreams. If I am in there, that is on you. Uh, Mike Obey, this is really cool. Would love to see more or less of these. Love the lighting too. A cool atmosphere. Thank you. And D Gulag, this was fun. And last, Travis Linscombe. Hey Dave, love the new show. You guys have different areas of expertise or passions, if you will. So it's great to hear both of you take your takes on either the movie or the music. You mentioned doing Phenomenon, and I would definitely vote for that. But another cool episode would be Terravision or Dolls. Both great ideas. Terravision's one I definitely want to do. And Dolls is one that I've never covered on here, but Dolls is really cool. I think you showed me the, the trailer for Terravision, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, that looks amazing. I want the, to see that. The music in Terravision is fucking beautiful, by the way. Um, Dolls is uh, Stuart Gordon, who did Reanimator and From Beyond, and it's a strange one. It's a strange one, for sure. Um, so I guess... Well, guess do I just introduce the movie off the that third I episode, gu- right? I guess so, yeah. So yeah. it was around Halloween... And we decided. Did you have any want to make any comments about any of those? Uh, no, I uh, I uh, want to watch that subway movie now. Yeah, I want to. That sounds up, amazing. Yeah. That's some right, my alley. Some of the French productions in the eighties yeah. look crazy. I bet. Yeah. And I also, I was not familiar with that Black Coffee song, so I gotta look into that. Henry Black Flag. Yeah. yeah. I know not Henry Rollins as an actor more really? so than a musician. I know he's a big musician, and yeah. my, my cousin Nick loves Henry Rollins. Yeah. Nick's uh, second cousin. He's older than me, but he loves Henry Rollins. He's always posting quotes by well, him. But. Looks like I got some homework to do. Well, yeah, yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah, he's like a, he's in a bunch of films. He's in Feast, and he was he's actually a pretty famous person just for his movies now, oh, gotcha. now, but he was obviously more famous for the music. Gotcha. They always make like, they always have these funny cartoons that are just like with him and Danzig, like making him like gay and to Danzig at the bottom, which is funny to me. Uh, it's just sorry about that. It's just like they always. Talk, I know Danzig's probably like. <laughs> oh. So uh, yeah, we, it was around Halloween. So we were like, screw it. I had not seen uh, this movie in a very long time. So we decided to watch uh, a couple of the sequels from the... We watched the original, too. Yeah. A couple of the sequels to the original Halloween. So we decided to watch Halloween 2 from 1981, directed by, I think it's like Rick Rosenvich, who also directed Halloween 8, the masterpiece. That's obviously a joke. Obviously the most hated, I think probably one of the most top three hated in the Halloween franchise is Halloween Part 8, Resurrection. And he also directed Birds 2 from 1994, Land's End, which is not as bad as people would think. It's going to be very hard when you're put up against, you know, Alfred Hitchcock. But Halloween 2, you know, this is a direct sequel to the first one. It leaves right off um, where the first movie ended. Um, it is something that uh, the, the Carpenter group didn't really want to do. They wanted to make a series of films about Halloween, but it did so well. The producer basically said, listen, we want more Michael Myers. The, the people love the Michael Myers um, so basically they decided to make another Halloween direct sequel with the same characters, including Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis and, uh, and a couple other, uh, Sheriff Bracken, of course, uh, Jason Charles Cyphers. So they decided to make a, a direct continuation of it, but they added a spin on there. Carpenter admits he was drunk when he wrote it, and he hates it. He hates the brother-sister angle, kind of steals away the, the nihilism or nihilism that the original had. But it is what it is. And on top of that, they did get to eventually make the Halloween movie they wanted to, even though it was a huge flop. So, yeah. Anyways, the, the, the way they did this, it kind of carried on the legacy. It kind of trapped them to make the franchise films one way or another with the family thing. And it kind of it kind of hurt the franchise in a lot of ways. But uh, the Halloween franchise, every horror franchise, has its ups and downs. And it has its muddled, weird history. And Halloween is no different. Halloween might be one of the most guilty of the weird timelines and muddled histories. But, yeah, let's talk about Halloween 2, a movie I hadn't watched since I was a kid. I always enjoyed it then. And do we still enjoy it now? So... Yeah. Um, 
This well, is the first time watch for you, right? First time watching it through. Um, I have always wanted to watch it. I mean, because yeah. I work in a hospital, so I'm like, I know it's not a hospital, so I'm like, let's scare ourselves. Let's yeah, do of that. course, of course. Um, it has its moments. <laughs> it's um, it's okay. <laughs> it, um, it's messy. It's it's it has some weird messy plot conveniences. Yeah. Um, the first half I really like because it's out in the streets. Yeah, I like that. And, and the technical stuff is really well done. I mean, it's well directed. Mm. Dean yes. Cundey is still the cinematographer for yeah. the first film, so the point of view stuff is really cool. Michael Myers walking around the Halloween streets. Yes. I love yes, that. Yes, that's cool. That Loomis cool. is just a little bit more unhinged, and that progression will go on as the series goes on. I shot him six times when he walks. <laughs> when we see Myers' point of view, and he runs up to the cop car without without any like context, and just starts. <laughs> screaming I shot him six times it is by far the funniest moment in the film and Donald Pleasance is just a, is, he's wonderful to watch um, the, the, the shot where he goes in and steals the knife it's oh, a brilliant shot yes. that's very yes. creepy they very use creepy. that later in Halloween mm-hmm. 2018 they kind of have a okay. shout out to that gotcha. which is funny gotcha. because in that movie Halloween 2022 doesn't exist it's a direct sequel to part one so uh, it's okay. funny that those new Halloween movies reference <laughs> the sequels that don't technically don't exist. exist in the world yeah but it's just kind of weird Makes sense. it's a nice little shout outs <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so the first half of this movie I, I enjoy more yeah yeah um, um, I will say I think um, the kills get a lot more um, you know, brutal. They're more, um, I guess, 80s. Maybe fun's not the right word to use with killing people, but it, you know, they're more like, oh yeah, you know, um, and for sure. But they had to compete with Friday Thirteenth, oh, yeah, 1980, yeah. and all the other slasher booms from '81. '81 um, was the year of the slasher. If the oh, year yeah. of the Jallo is '71, '72. Um, 81 is the year of the slasher. You have My Bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. The Burning, Friday the 13th, Part 2. You have a slew of great slashers, mm-hmm. Happy Birthday to Me. Just tons of them, tons of them. And, and some of the strongest slashers ever made were made in 81. So. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Compared to one, maybe not as much, but it was still good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one, one's a better made film, and yeah. it's just more classy, obviously. Yeah. But two, like, has a lot of fun factors to it, and I did enjoy it. Um, the Mr. Sandman song. And oh, yeah, that's, really yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Loomis is a blast in it. Yes. Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis is underutilized. We all she know is. That. I mean, yeah, I was actually, like, I thought she'd be in it more, a lot more. Yeah, well, I will. she didn't really want to do this movie. Well. And the year previous, she had done two other horror films in... In 1980, she did The Fog, right? The Fog and Prom Night. Prom night and yeah. Terror Train, she did three. She did oh. three slasher movies. No, Fog's not a slasher, but she did two slasher movies before. Busy Lady. Yeah, well, she had Halloween 78, and then yeah. she had Road Ga- Road, Road, uh, Road Games. I don't remember. That's somewhere in there, too. Maybe. Um, and then she had freaking, you know, The Fog, yeah. Prom Night, yeah. Terror Train, yeah. and Halloween 2. She's like, I've had enough of the slashers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm Tony Curtis and Jamie J- J- um, Janet Lee's daughter. I don't need to do slash yeah. movies anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Understood. Yeah. I do like seeing Leo Rossi in this. He's mm-hmm. he's the guy. He's one of the uh, orderlies or whatever or whatever the fuck he oh, is. Yeah. Paramedics. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's very yeah. funny in it. Yeah. Off screen yeah. death though. Yeah. There's lots of off screen deaths in that movie. It is. Yeah. There. Yeah. Is. Yeah. There's a few. Oh. The like two or three. It's two or three. Yeah. 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 Um, the funny thing that I noticed this time, like, they spend so much time with the side characters and build suspense with them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the heavyset security guard, who's also in a movie I watched called Stingray, where he plays this really ridiculous, like, uh, criminal. Mm-hmm. He's really good at it. He's very yeah. funny. And he has a gun the whole time shooting around. But it's just, uh, that's an insane exploitation movie from the 70s. Any, anyways, like, he... They spend so much time with his security guard, and then when they kill you, are like, why do we spend why? 25 minutes with this guy? It was. 
I really thought there'd be a little bit more character development. Well, there was character well, development. I thought he would interact more with people. Yeah. He didn't really change any of the... He was just a body count, but they yeah. did give him character development, which is nice. Yeah, they did. And then, you know, he bites for him. like 10 minutes. <laughs> so, like, the end of this movie, think about, like, how, like, the next time when they mm. pick up the return of Michael Myers for part four, like, how? Like, yeah. they, that's kind of like another thing where it's like, fuck it. There was a, lots of, um... Inconsistencies with also like scene scene setting. Yeah. Because like I think I brought this up to you at the very end. Yeah, like when she's being taken away at the end of the movie, it's nighttime, but then like the last scene is daytime. Like when she's looking out the window, it's daytime. And it's like pretty obvious. It wasn't like dawn, you know? Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. There's some there were some obvious changes back and forth for this. It's it's not probably that big of a budget movie. No. Probably more than the first one. Probably just a rough day on set. Also probably <laughs> that. But and there's also some weird like sloppy script stuff. Not sure. and it's nothing to ruin a movie. It's a slasher no. movie. I've forgiven way sloppier stuff. Mm, there's a scene sure. in here where Michael Myers is walking the streets and on the radio they hear so-and-so, Laurie Strode has been taken to this hospital, and it's just like, I get it, Michael Myers needs to see that. He technically should have seen it on television, and they should have said the survivors have been taken to Memorial Hospital or wherever the fuck the hospital is, yeah. but they usually don't tell victims' names, surviving victims' yeah. names over the radio, and, and mm -hmm. I know that other movies have done that too, just mm -hmm. as a plot convenience, but it's also just very funny that there's a kid walking around on Halloween with a boombox listening yeah. to the fucking news that's like eight years old. Y that's you not know, what you do when you're you... trying to get candy. <laughs> no. No, where are his parents? I don't know. <laughs> I do like that they brought Ben Tramer back. He was just, I was mentioned just about in the to bring that up. <laughs> and I love his demise. And I love Loomis' part like, in it. It's just like, oh, shit, wasn't him. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> Loomis is just like, is there remorse? Uh, is it, I, he has remorse, but he's just like so unhinged. I don't know. I shot him six times. Six times. Six times. <laughs> and then in the opening the of this, part. of course, the funny thing is he. They, when they, the way they edit it, you hear seven gunshots. That's always a thing. Oh, in the you, point, this, yeah. you point that out to me. That's always a thing that yeah. a lot of people point out. So, yeah. I mean, like, we're not going to say anything deep or different about Halloween 2, I don't no. think. I don't think so. I think I it's been all said it's, before. I do say one more thing. I do like the um, uh, like the aesthetic of the movie. Like, I like all the cars and all the technology in it and stuff like that. I like older stuff like that. So, that's the thing I noticed. I'm like, I like all the cars. I, I <laughs> dare, say, dare I say it. I think that this has a little bit more of a Halloween feel than the first one. I don't um, think it looks I as much like California to me. Would agree. It does have much more this of it. It's supposed to be in the Illinois, right? Yes, yes. It's also the most emptiest hospital I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, which, story of horror movies life yeah. right there. How convenient. Yeah. Let's go to the hospital and not have anybody <laughs> in the hospital. I mean, The Kingdom, that's a good miniseries. It takes place in a hospital, a horror miniseries by Lars von Trier. A lot of people in that hospital. Hmm. That and then I'm trying to think of then yeah, we talk about visiting hours. And yeah, we were gonna do yeah. X-ray, but then I show them the trailer and you're like, I told you it's I, a very mediocre slasher movie. You don't need to I was see like, X-ray. I changed my mind. I was excited and I was like, um, let's just Hospital do Halloween Mass too. Figure, okay. Yeah. So what's the song? You, you got anything else to say about Halloween too? Not this time. All right. All right. So all right. So the song that I have chosen for Halloween too is called A Trick in the Night by uh, Banana Rama.
off their, their second, um, that's not true, their third album, excuse me, uh, from 1986. Um, it's, we might recognize Nana for more like pop songs, but this is more like an alternative new wave type of song. Um, it did alright, it wasn't a big hit, it was not Venus off that album, which we all know that song. Um, and if you don't know it, you'd hear it and you would know it. Um, but it did on uh, the UK, UK chart, Green was a British band. Uh, peaked at uh, number 32 on the charts, so not too bad, not too great. And then here in the States, it peaked at 73, so not so great here. But it's a pretty solid song, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I noticed, the first thing I noticed about this one was like, I had only known like Venus. So when uh, I heard yeah. this, I was like, oh, this sounds nothing like Venus. And I actually no. enjoyed it more. Thought it yeah. was a good song. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna not say why I think it connects to Halloween too, because I feel like I steal a lot of things that you say when I do this. So I'm just letting you dive into it, why you connected with Halloween. That's okay, that's okay. So um, I thought, so Halloween 2, I was really struggling to find a song with this one. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, but uh, I chose a song kind of for the title, just like a trick in the night, kind of like trick-or-treating. Yeah. Like, not really related, but I'm like, uh, whatever. Uh, but also, one of the main lyrics um, is like, it's like, hey, what you doing? Tell me what you're doing. Um, walking through danger, you don't know what's wrong or what's right. And it's kind of like, in my, I was like thinking, why are you, uh, just tripped over my words right there. Yeah, my bad. Um, thinking like uh, Loomis and uh, Lori being like, why are you doing this? Like, and like, he has, no, or talking about Michael, how he has no like, like conscious, he's yeah. just a killing machine, yeah. and there seems to be no rhyme or reason to it. Or also, um, like telling me, like, um, why you're doing this or whatever. Because um, I know at the end of the movie, or maybe it's for the middle of the movie, it's like Lori's just like, um, like why me, like why me, and then you know we go you into the big we get the big, so. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the main reasons why I chose this song, and also another reason I chose it was because it kind of has a. Um, Kind of dark, kind of mysterious, like vibe to it. It has a stalking vibe. It has a stalking vibe to it, and it's like kind of slow, but it's also same time sort of fast. But it's also a, a pop song. Yeah, of course. Um, so you know, kind of goes with the stalking and you know. Pop yeah. songs back in the seventies and eighties were all just weirdo lyrics where you're like, oh, this is this is like perverted. It, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything from the seventies. Like if you really listen to it, it's like okay. Yeah. I listened to this as a kid. That's fine. I did enjoy the song. I thought it was pretty good. And I yeah. did notice the danger, the stalking, um, yeah. the trick in there and stuff yes, like that. Yes, so, yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I think it fits. I mean, you could easily go very generic and say uh, every step you take by the police. Oh, yeah, which... for sure. That um, I was also going to do like Obsession by Animotion, which is but which is literally about Obsession, but not quite the same vibe. If we ever watched The Fan from the 80s, not... We could do the one with Michael Bean, but there's a, a Der Fan, a German film mm. about an obsessed fan. You could definitely do it with that. All right. It's a German horror thriller from Perfect. the 80s. I believe it's from the 80s. It's okay. a cool movie. Perfect. Yeah. 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 I, like I said, I kind of struggled to find a song. I was thinking, I was like going through all these songs. I'm like, that's, no, that doesn't work. That doesn't make sense. And so this is the best I could do. And sometimes I try to find songs that a lot of people might not know about. Yeah. To maybe expose yeah. you all to some new music. That, that's definitely a good um, idea. But so I'm like, this works for me. <laughs>
Yeah, and it was good because I didn't know Bananarama except, you know, the Venus. Yeah, I yeah. I had another one, too, that I knew. Uh, you might know their song, Cruel Summer. Mm. If you, it's a, I feel a lot of people, like, if you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that song. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so basically we want to know what song you would pair up with Halloween mm-hmm. 2 I, I don't know like it, it doesn't seem like a, a movie that you would pair up with much music it, um, yeah it's really hard I mean I was also thinking about doing the song uh, it's, uh, Pressure by Billy Joel simply because of the scene at the end of the, where uh, they blow up the hospital you know yeah, yeah. the operating room like with like you know the gas tanks I'm, I'm like yeah I'm like eh well the thing is like <laughs> it, that's like every song choice I make I'm like eh that's not good enough I can do better <laughs> you do a lot of pop music so you know a lot of pop music so like yeah. it, it, in a lot of ways a lot of the heavy metal I think could be easier to connect with it oh yeah for sure at the same time it makes it a little bit more challenging and a little bit more unique to actually pull from the pop music I yeah think, you know, in yeah. a lot of ways so um, I do know more than pop music but it's that's my heart yeah I just, <laughs> so and, any suggestions you guys want for any future episodes? But I, I'd really like to hear the music that you guys would pair up with Halloween for 2. For sure. Or even I, needle drops for Halloween 2 yeah, that you would like definitely. to hear. That was yeah. a cool. Somebody dropped a needle yeah. drop for that. That was a good idea. Very, um, very much so. Yeah. We're, we're going to do Halloween 3, but we're going to take a little break. We're going to do Halloween 2 and 3 together. I think that's good. Unless yeah. you have anything else to say about Halloween 2. Nope. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm trying to get caught up. I have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I did enjoy Halloween, too. Like I said, the first half I thought was so much more fun on the street. It was just a little bit more yeah. intense, and just, like, you got mm. to see Haddonfield more. I like when it opened yeah. up. And then, like, mm. it's weird when a movie starts opened up, and then it closes. Like Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be kind of like, I feel like it's the other way around a lot of times. The movie sure. starts a little smaller, and then gets bigger. It gets bigger, yeah. But yeah. it is what it is, so. Yeah. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to do Halloween 3. All right. Sounds good. this video mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about Halloween 3 of course so let me introduce Halloween 3 um, 1982 directed by Tommy Lee Walls who worked on the first Halloween movie um, 
He actually was Michael Myers at one point in the film. Just a small part. A couple people were in the Michael Myers suit. Uh, yeah, so they offered him Halloween 2. He didn't want to do it because he didn't like the idea of Michael Myers coming back. Yada, yada, yada. But when they came back and offered him Halloween 3, he took it. Um, Halloween 3 is infamous for not having Michael Myers in it. Growing up my entire life, everybody hated on it. It was a video store. I remember complaining about it. Even as like a six-year-old, like, Michael Myers is in this. I don't know why. Some guy stopped and was like, you know, the original reason for that was because they're going to make an entire series about Halloween-oriented horror films. And I was like, oh, cool. As I got older, I, I grew an appreciation for it. I never, ever hated Halloween 3. But um, as I got older, I liked it more and more and more. So it's directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. Like I said, he would go on to do, I'd say, two more very famous horror films in Fright Night 2, another sequel that I adore. I don't know if anybody else does. And It, the 1990 miniseries um, with Tim Curry. Uh, yeah, so... Anyways, Halloween 3. It's a strange film. It's written by, uh, originally was written partially by Nigel, I can't think of his name. He wrote the Quatermass movies. And to me, Halloween 3 feels like a new wave Quatermass film. If I were to pick a new trilogy of Quatermass films, it would be Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Life Force by Toby Hooper, and John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. I think these films all ca encapsulate kind of like the Quater Mass kind of storylines, these big, conceptually weird, hard-to-grasp stories that are just scary and bizarre and entertaining. And I think that's what Halloween 3 is. Um, I think Dean Cundy did come back and do the cinematography. It's wonderful cinematography. This is actually probably one of my favorite Halloween movies to watch around Halloween. It's one of my favorite Halloween movies in the series. It might be my favorite Halloween movie, I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, it has Tom Atkins in it. It has, uh, what the fuck is the actor's name? Dan O'Harely. I have trouble saying his Irish last name. Who is in stuff like The Last Starfighter. There's a bunch of other familiar people in here. So, yeah, let's just talk about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. So I can keep going on and on, but what are your initial thoughts on it? I loved it. I loved it. Uh, way better than Halloween 2, for sure. For sure. I, uh, I mean, honestly, it's a really good movie. I mean, I mean, from start to finish, I have... The plot line is actually solid all the way through. I don't know if it makes oh! sense. I, I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying, right? But like, Comparatively. The idea is the idea is batshit insane, though. Yes, absolutely. It's like the guys who worked on Ancient Aliens wrote this fucking script. Yeah. yeah. I mean... <laughs> this Stonehenge shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck's that word? Because why not? Because it's magic, why? apparently, Stonehenge. It's, it's a magic stone, okay? There it is. It's a magic rock, okay? But, uh, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Uh, but I see what you're saying. The script is more... It makes yeah, more sense. The, you know, yeah. It, it follows through. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love the opening sequence um, with the... Uh, Terrifying. It, yeah. I uh, love all, like, the... I mentioned this in the first part. We're talking about Halloween 2. How I like the, like, uh, like the cars and the technology in it. The technology used in this movie, absolutely love that. So I thought it was really cool how the opening sequence has, like, the, you know, making the jack-o'-lantern with, like, TV, computer, whatever it might have been. Uh, but it, it synced up with the music, and I'm like, that's really cool. I'm also a nerd, because I'm like, that was actually really hard to do. Back in that time. Back in that yeah, time, yeah. but back in 1982, that was really hard. So I'm like, good job. <laughs> Whoever did that, good job. <laughs> You know what I really like about this one? And the older I get, the more I get like this. There's a mystery behind it. There's actually two people trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Mm. And as an adult, like, that's one thing that to me is automatically like adult horror. Although some of the kid-oriented horror is about kids trying to figure out a murder or kids trying to figure mm -hmm. out what's going on. 
But when you have two like people like sleuthing through an entire movie to figure something out, yeah. I feel like it makes this adult connection to me because you're just trying to figure out this obsession or what the fuck's going on. Sometimes you dig yourself in a deeper hole. Um, mm. This one has like a film noir style to it. And even when they go to the, the town that they, mm. basically the factory has built, there's this character in, in this film that reminds me of Elijah Cook Jr. who is in a bunch of these film noirs. It's not him, although it should have been. I don't know if he's dead at this point, but it, it just reminds me so much of him, this this drunkard that is just disgruntled by the fucking factory. Yeah. And it's just brilliant. Uh, another movie that is like this, to me, has a tone, is Messiah of Evil from 1973, mm. which is one of my personal favorite horror films. But no, this film has a detective aspect. Another one sure that I always bring up, every time I bring up the detective narrator, like an aspect in a horror film, is Noroi, The Curse from 2005, which is a wonderful Japanese film. Like, I just like these detective stories and figuring it out. So we're following Tom Atkins, mm-hmm. Dan Chalice, mm-hmm. who witnesses uh, murder in the, in yeah. the opening, and he kind of yeah. gets encapsulated. He has to figure this out. Right. And the, the girl's father who was murdered helps him try to figure this out. It leads him to this crazy fucking insane idea about Halloween masks, basically killing the world's children with fucking mm-hmm. Stonehenge. It's so off the fucking beaten path of a horror film and the Halloween series in general. <laughs> I can understand that people were like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is, is this? this? <laughs> exactly, right? Like, like, yeah. I mean, if it was just named something else and was not associated with the this series, it would have been... I, there'd be no complaints. But they never get the money for it. You see, that's true. That's, that's why. True. I, yeah. I mean, this is going to be a weird reach and weird comparison. But the Joker that came out, the Joker that recently came out, everybody's like, oh, "This isn't the Joker. This isn't a superhero movie. This is just a Martin Scorsese ripoff." Painted as a superhero movie, and my friend was like, "Why did they just do the make that movie and not call it the Joker?" I was like, "Because they wouldn't have got the fucking money." A and B, I think it's really funny that all these superhero fans went to see a superhero movie and they got a fucking Mark Scorsese King of New York <laughs> Taxi Driver rip, and, oh. and it's an entertaining. I don't mean I'm not dogging on it because it, it's inspired by those movies. That's what everyone does, and I liked it. But I'm just saying. It's just funny to me, like Halloween 3, if it didn't have the Halloween name behind it, it would have got the money or anything, because I feel like the budget on this is big, especially the effects are fucking amazing. Yeah. The music's great. Carpenter's music music too. Okay, also, since we're going to talk about the music, I'm going to point this out. I love the large amount of smooth jazz throughout the film. I'm like, I'm like, this is my shit. You know what? You know what also cracks me up is that Tom Atkins is the king of being like forty five years old and like just fucking all these girls in the fog. <laughs> he fucks Jamie Lee Curtis. I was just, I'm like, I'm like, this is a, this is a very sexy cast. Everyone's very pretty in this movie. And then you got Tom Atkins. And then, Listen. <laughs> Listen. No, he, he's definitely yeah. a, he's like obviously like an attractive older man. Yeah, and, and he's he's got I guess you call the daddy thing going. Oh, on, right? daddy yeah, for sure. The daddy all day oh, for daddy. Tom Atkins. Daddy. daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean Tom Atkins is one of the kings of mustaches. Oh um, yeah. The only time he doesn't really have a mustache is in Creep Show, and he plays an abusive father, which. That's bad, Dad. Which is actually the antithesis. Usually, dads who beat their kids have mustaches. Like, I used just to make a joke that I said if if you, you grew up something? in okay. the '80s and '90s and your dad didn't have a mustache, he didn't hit you. He sent you in the corner in a timeout. Oh, my dad would hit me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm, he didn't really. But I'm just, my dad has a mustache. My dad had a mustache. My dad has a mustache. My dad looked just like Tom Selleck, by the way. Really? He looked like Sam Allen and Tom Selleck. Oh. No, stop it. <laughs> no, but uh, here's what it is. Like, yeah, uh, Tom Atkins is an amazing actor. He's great in this movie. Mm-hmm. 
He's got the great energy. He's got the. He's just awesome. He's an alcoholic yeah. in this. Yeah. He's having trouble on the outs <laughs> with his wife. He just brings his kids home shitty Halloween mask at one point, and they want their they want their silver shamrocks. They sure do. Is this movie making a comment about consumerism too, and, um, and crooked capitalism? Oh, not. But really. I mean, consumerism for sure. Yeah, the for idea sure. of shoving that weird yeah. mask on the throat, and obviously yeah. the silver shamrock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. repetitiveness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Brain absolutely. Social yeah. media now. Wow, I didn't think about that. That's absolutely what no, it they've is, been brainwashing though. us for years. Everybody's That's true. I mean, it's advertising, forms. advertising. advertising right? Yeah. Um, the villain in this movie is is one of the best villains. He's mm. so good, and he's yeah. so weird. Yeah. At the end, he just turns into Mr. Burns. And that, yes. remember that episode of yes. Simpsons where Mr. Burns is like that glowing, alien, yeah. that glowing alien in the woods. Yeah, he just turns into that. Yeah, it's so weird. And he's genuinely creepy. But he's really fun, and he's got that spirit because he yes. made all the, the toys to play tricks. Yeah. And I yeah. love his explanation when he goes about, he talks about, like, Samhain. Yeah. And thank God for him saying Samhain, because the one time I watched a fucking movie where the villain was basically a ripoff of this villain, and he called him Samhain. Samhain. Bro, this ain't Ghostbusters, <laughs> the television. This isn't the Sam- real Ghostbusters television show. Get the fuck out of here with that. It's Samhain. Or Samhain or whatever. It's not Samhain. Now, little Sam from Trick or Treat. Was also called Sam. Nice. You know what I mean? Mm, you ever okay. seen Trick or Treat? I have not. I, I know what. It, he's not a whore fan. He's a music don't fan. Don't come for me. I'm sorry. You're canceled. I, I You're whore so. canceled. I, I probably. It's not I'm very not hard sure. to get whore canceled. There's a lot no. of gatekeepers. I, there is. I'm learning. I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm trying to do my homework. He's here for the music. I'm here for the movies. Yeah. I'm here for good times. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so anything else about Halloween 3? I could talk, We could talk about this movie forever, really. Um, I will say. I think I mentioned this um, when we talked about Halloween too. I feel like each Halloween that keeps going by, the kills get more and more brutal. Like we're eighty two now. Yeah, eighty two. Same year as the thing, creep show, yeah. Tenant Bray. A lot yeah. of brutal kills in these movies. A lot of special kills. effects. And special effects. I feel like, especially at that time when all that was like new, you can really use like the. Uh, I know. I'm sure a lot of it was actually practical, not CGI. You know, I don't. Also, Some of it, but not all of it. Also, the year of the New York Ripper by Lucio Fulci, which mm. is probably the most brutal movie of the year. Really? Nasty. Love it. Nasty, though. Well. Not for human consumption. Okay, okay. that's fine. <laughs> that's Only fine. chuds like horror fans yeah. like myself. Well, I mean, I just remember, like, the very first, well. The nose break. The no, uh, I said in my head since we watched it, and I can feel it. It, bro- it bothers me. <laughs> so I'm like. All right. Whoever and, thought of that, go to therapy. And when the lady fucks around <laughs> with the shamrock yeah, mask. Yeah, that part. And she's like, that's so that's amazing. That's nasty. I wonder if they actually use, like, real bugs in that movie. There's bugs in that movie. Yeah. I, I get, you're younger than me. Can you not tell it's real bugs? I, oh, I, I can't. To, to me, like, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to think, no, but, like, because they say a lot of younger people prefer the CGI. They think it looks better to them. Well, like, I'm just thinking, like, if I was that actor, I would be like, mm, I don't know about that. I'm not having that bug in my mouth. I know your favorite movie from the 80s, directed by Jim Wynorski, Shopping Mall. There's a story Jim Wynorski was telling where a haunting Morello, and he made that. He was, like, covering the girl in snakes and, like, spiders and scorpions. And he was, like, she was, like, I'm not doing that. He's, like, if I can do it, you can do it. So he put the tarantula on him. He's, like, that's fine. Put the snake on him. He's, that's fine. He put the scorpion on him. He's, like... That's not cool. Keep the keep the tarantulas and the snakes. The scorpions are going. That the scorpions are not cool. He apparently the scorpions were too much for him, so he didn't um, put it on her. But that's just a story he told on a podcast or something. But I can see if, if you're not I'm willing listen. to do it as a director, then you shouldn't ask somebody else to do it. That's true. Listen, how dedicated are you to the cause? Exactly. <laughs> um, 
we should we should mention um, also the family that is like the dad who sold all the masks, <laughs> and he brings his obnoxious family with him. They are I, such wonderful comic the, relief. They sure are. I'm not gonna lie though. Like when the little kid dies, I'm like, thank you, thank you. I was, I'm like, I'm glad he was the first to go. But you know what's funny? Like, remember when uh, the villain Connell Connell Cotrad or whatever the fuck explains it? He's like, like Dan Chalice is like, why are you doing this? He's like, it's Halloween and they need a <laughs> sacrifice. But he's also like, it's the ultimate joke or something, ultimate uh, trick because he made all those fucking toys. It's so weird. You know what? The more I talk about this movie. The more I fucking like it. I like, I mean, listen. I think it just went from a 9 to a 10. I think I'm giving it a 5 out of 5. I think it's perfect. And I also have to mention, like, the soundtrack in this movie is fantastic. Well, it's got all those weird moments. Like, my friend uh, Brandon Salkill, we used to act with him all the time. He always loved the weird shit that, like, Carpenter's music would do. Um, And, like, they'd always be, like, beams of light. And they'd do the... Yeah, like he'd always yeah, make yeah. jokes about it in Christine mm-hmm. and this. Oh, oh sure. Pew, 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 pew. sure. And like he'd always do that, and it's such a perfect '80s thing. It's so '80s. Um, and yeah, like I, I miss my friend Brandon. Yeah. He was just like, yeah, he used to live around here, and I'm, I'm getting all emotional, and sentimental. But he just was me and him would just fucking riff all day and just fucking annoyed our friend Dustin. But no, like yeah, he always used to make the dumb fucking stupid '80s. Yeah. Well, I love about the '80s. That's why I think it's so much fun. It's because at the time. All these synthesizers and all these tech computers and technology—it's all it's all brand new. So they're just they're just fucking around. Like, what does this do? That sounds cool. Put it in. And the, <laughs> and the funny thing is now, like the computer technology. When you see a computer in the '80s, and now they they put it like nowadays, like mm-hmm. if you look at the thing. Yeah. Oh. Remember when they're yeah. like, he Wilford Brimley puts in the calculations. What yeah. Was the thing is like, that's not how computers even work nowadays. No. They couldn't figure it, that no. out. It's, but it's shit's still funny though. That's the only dated part in that whole movie. If you did, that's absolutely true. I just realized that. That's funny. The thing's still top five it's best a, horror movies ever made. It's good. It, it, thing is one of the best horror films ever made, hands down. I like it. I've seen it. Who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. I mean, good film. So do you have to talk about Halloween three anymore? Yeah. Um, when you bring up the music, I will have more to say. Afterwards. Gotcha. We oh, sure will. All right. Let's Did, get into the music. But if you want to talk about anything oh. else before. No. <laughs> no. Right. I've had a couple drinks. <laughs> All right. So the song I have chosen for Halloween 3 is none other than Mr. Roboto by Sticks. Um, absolute 80s classic, big hit. Um, I just, 
I, I just had to choose this song. I was thinking about a certain song I wanted to do. I'm like, I might. I wanted a song that might dealt with like TVs or computers or technology or um, like type of like uh, like repetitive uh, like beats or something like because we're working in a factory. But then I'm like, no, I have to do Mr. Roboto. There's no other song. Oh, I'm sure there is, but I'm like, this seems perfect. So let's get into it. Dead on, perfect. I mean, I'm like, I'm like it's so on the nose, but it's so it's, the only it, song it, you could have. I want to hear. I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, it's so odd because you have the robots. Robots. I mean, yeah. Yep. Would they be automatons or robots or both? I, they're just fucked up. <laughs> Wait, it, the automaton is the weird creature. Some yeah. of the earlier designs are the weird. Like that's such a strange concept, but it's true. Um, so I mean, you picked it for. So I mean, obviously, just the robots, you know. Um, but also, I chose it for like at the very end of the song, where it's like it's time to show my real identity. And it's like, I'm Kilroy. And it's like, well, these that's what these robots are. And also the girl and stuff. Yeah. 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 And that also brings up the question, was she one all along? I don't think all along. I, I think they think got so her sometime. It just doesn't yeah. make any logical sense no. for her to be one all along. Yeah, no. No, it doesn't because so. yeah. the leading would be just too much. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, but also um, within the song, it also brings up uh, one of the lyrics is like, there's uh, too much technology. In the song, I can't remember the exact lyric in the song. Um, it's like machines to save our lives, machines computerized, things like that. And I'm like, well, that's definitely going with all the technology and like how much we use. Um, I thought it was kind of ironic, like the lyric of machines to save our lives, and then they're trying to use TVs to kill everyone. <laughs> well, and also, you got the line, "I am the modern man." Secret, secret. There is I a big secret right there throughout the movie. Wow, it's a big secret. The mask. It's a big secret that she's in a robot at the end. It's yeah. a big. All everything's a big secret. Secret Perfect. keeps everything under the radar. Sure that's our final. We can't. Yeah. That hasn't been the final processing right. yet, dude. This that song is actually. I think this is the best song picked so, so far. Honestly, it's perfect. What can I say? No. Oh, what, can I say? <laughs> what can I say? And, and also the robots. And the, the, the idea, remember the part where she's discovering that like the guy who burned himself in the car, which is completely yeah. fucked up yeah. visually. Yes. That's dark. That was dark, yeah. And then she's like, this guy's not fucking human. Yeah. She's going through, it's like, it's all robot parts. Yeah. But that's also my favorite part because that's the longest scene with the smooth jazz music. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say this right now. Like, there's like five or six of these directors out there, like Tommy Lee Wallace, um, Jeff Burr, um, Anthony Hickox, uh, Tony Randall, that have like three or four really good horror films that just don't quite get the recognition they deserve. There's a million of them, and Italian guys too. There's a bunch of Italian guys that have like three or four great movies. Um, but there's just so many of these directors that, you know, they get outshined by... My personal favorite directors are obviously Romero, Fulci, Carpenter, Argento, Cronenberg, Bava. The big names, Del Toro. But they get outshined because they're not considered exactly masters, but these guys have three to four great movies. For and sure. Fred Deckers has two bona fide masterpieces, Dan O'Bannon. So, like, I think Tommy Lee Wallace is in that kind of camp because mm-hmm. he has Halloween 3. Fright Night 2, which is very underrated. It's so much fun. We got to do the Fright Night movies. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he has It, which was very much a product of its time. It doesn't hold up 100%, but the moments that are great are really very good. And yeah. It's a TV movie. Yeah. You can only do so much. You can only do so much. But no, it go, was going back to this, like, yeah, I'm just very, like, thinking about Tommy Lee Wallace's career. I'm just like, yeah, this guy made 
three fucking great horror movies. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often. No, no. I think they're great. I, um, I'm the type that loves more than I hate. I feel that. Me you too. should. Nobody wants to hear everybody. If you don't like movies, don't review them. Don't. Yeah. That's that's yeah. That's probably good. <laughs> so I mean, like, good yeah. Advice. This yeah. is a perfect song too. Like, I yeah. Think, I was like, when I was thinking about, it, I was like, because I was really struggling with two, and when I was like, okay, finally got two, and I'm like, okay, let's do three. I'm like, Mr. Roboto. It was just like that. Well, the modern man too, because they're oh, yeah. taking over the world with the robots too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, also there's like, uh, and that. Like for the build up of the song, it's like, but like the secret kind of like it's uh, presented like these robots are here to help you, and it's like well in the movie it's like the robots are just there to do their job, you know whatever, yeah. but then secrets revealed and now you're gonna die. Well, you know what? You know I always liked the song because that song always was very fun to me because at the mm-hmm. very end it says I'm Kilroy. Yeah. And Kilroy was such a weird thing, like. Kilroy was like kind of a piece of graffiti that soldiers would leave. Mm. Uh, you know, the guy with yeah. the big nose that hangs oh, over the yeah. wall. That's Kilroy, yeah. the graffiti with the nose hanging over. And I just thought that was an interesting thing yeah. that happened in a, I, I don't want to call it American history, but history in general, that this graffiti. Like, I, I looked it up one time where he came from and how he tied into it, where his origins were from. But, like, the idea that he pops up in that song is also a weird kind of yeah. concept, too. Like, right. I don't understand exactly where it, it fits in. Got you. Yeah, I also, um, another reason why I chose this song was simply because of the use of, like, the synthesizers in this song. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I love this, I love the Halloween 3 soundtrack. It's just nothing but synthesizers. And just playing around with them, that's kind of what Mr. Roboto is. We talked about this earlier, too, and we both feel the same way about Styx. Like, for right, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Styx is a band that I have to be in the mood for. Like, yeah. I've heard people say Styx is a shitty band, and I'm just like, bro, relax. We can like, fight. No. I mean, like, <laughs> where's your fucking music? Right, like, so right. <laughs> at the end of the day, like, I'm not even going to talk shit about Nickelback anymore when it comes to music. I think it's garbage, but guess what? I'm not talking shit about nothing, because you know what music I made? Nothing. I'm a bum. I'm talking about movies on fucking YouTube. So, here's what it is. Um, what does that make me? <laughs> a bum's friend talking about what you do. But Styx is a band that's like a mood piece for me. Like I need, yeah, sure. Sometimes yeah. I listen to like Come Sail Away or yep. Mr. Roboto. I'm like, Mr. Roboto. this shit's yep. great. It's great. And then Fantastic. like the next day I'm like, this sucks. This is the, turn it off. I mean, you're immediately annoyed. Yeah, yeah, like, and I would say the same about Rush, which I think Rush is an immensely talented, amazing band. Mm-hmm. But I just have to be in the right mood to listen to Styx or Rush. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? Does I that make any yep, sense to anybody? I think there's lots of bands and songs like that. It's like one day, it's like this is the best thing I've ever heard, and you're listening to it 40 times. The next day, it's like I never want to hear this again. <laughs> so so uh, that's one question we want to ask you. Is there any bands or songs or music out there that you you have to be in a certain mood to listen to? Mm-hmm. And then also, of course, Is well, there anything you... better than Mr. Roboto for Halloween 3? Yes! What matches up better with uh, Halloween 3 and Mr. Roboto? You could go with a straight film noir aspect, because I feel like I told oh, you sure. this does have a film noir. It thing. does. Like the mystery aspect. Like mm-hmm. when he's, they're talking to that bum, and he's like, that towel, I'm going to fucking throw a fire. Dude, I love that whole scene. And like, dude, it's so... This is such an atmospheric, fun movie. The little fucking fun. Halloween village. Yes. Stop it! Stop it! Mm-hmm. The ending is dark. The, the ending... I was not. I was genuinely disappointed. I was really. I felt bad. I was like, I really thought he was gonna do it. I thought like he did it. Welcome to the seventies and the early eighties. You're gonna way, feel real when bad. When we watched Return of the Living Dead, I'm like, oh, they just killed everyone. Okay. Well, 
that has a sense of playfulness because Dan O'Bannon, I feel like Dan O'Bannon was very untrustworthy of any authoritarian figures. So I feel like Dan O'Bannon, you know, like he was like, he was a strange guy. Like you hear stories about him, like just that. And you're just like, yeah, he would have ended like that. Like, yeah. and the funny thing is Romero, who's the zombie king, never went as far to drop the nuke. But he damn talked about it, Dawn of the Dead. Dan yeah, O'Bannon's like, yeah, he has this he playfulness of like just nihilism. Like it's not sure. nihilism in the dark sense of something like Cannibal Holocaust yeah. or, you know, um, a lot of films. But he has a playfulness of it, you know. Sure. And, and I feel like that Return of the Dead is the ultimate playfulness in the, the dark comedy. Yeah. It's just, that's a perfect film too. I, mean, it, I love it. Fantastic. So now I think we decide on the spot what we're going to do next time. Okay. We'll, we'll, let's just talk free. Um, there's some titles I would like to do. Okay. I would love to do Night of the Comet. I would love to do Phenomenon. Yeah. I would love to do Demons. I would love to do The Beyond. Okay. The Beyond is an 80s one. I can do, we could also do one that I, we both haven't seen. That's true. There's a well, big list of those. Everything you just said, I have not seen. Okay. But so. I've seen all those though. Okay. I haven't seen Night of the Comet in like 25 years. The, my friend from across the street, Ashley Cox, I shouldn't say her fucking name, that's probably, but she used to love that movie, and I, she was like, ah, it's a goodie, but an oldie, and she made me watch it, and I was like, probably like 12, and I was like, I don't like it that much. But then re-watching it later, I did enjoy it. So I feel like I never gave Night of the Comet the fair shake, because Night of the Creeps, which sounds almost exactly like Night of the Comet, is much better from 86, and I okay. think that Night of the Creeps is one that you would love to. Okay. So Night of the Creeps right. is on the list too. But okay. You, what, what name some titles you would like to do? Right. Chopping Mall. You. T- well, we have to do Chopping Mall at some point. So you name a few, sure. and then we'll, okay. we'll think. Yeah, I know. We'll talk about I know it. we've talked about doing um, a phenomenon for a while now. Um, we've also, uh, well, now I want to do Possession. I'm down for possession. I mean, is it really that? Is it fucked up? It's just crazy. It's just weird. It's just crazy. like an art film. I don't um, see it then. But it's different. Um, and I've not seen it in a long time. I haven't even got to watch my like deluxe Mondo okay. box set. So name three movies. Just okay. name three and I'll, I'll name three. Come back okay. and get three and then we'll see if any of them match up. Okay. I got Night of the Comet, Night of the Creeps, and Phenomenon. Those are the three I would like to do. Well, we're got. I, we have two matching. I uh, got. I want to do Night of the Comet, Phenomenon, and I want to do Possession. Let's just do Possession. 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 Let's just do Possession. 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 We're doing it. Andrew Zulowski. <laughs> it's an art film starring Sam Neill and Isabella Ajani, who is the sexiest woman of all time. I like them crazy. I, like I told you, the crazier you are, like every, when I see a crazy, wo- crazy woman in the movie, I'm like. I want you to slit my throat. I deserve <laughs> to be, have my throat. An honor. And also, Sam Neill is just a great actor. He's also like amazing. Jurassic Park, mm, yeah, yeah. The Event Horizon, mm-hmm. um, In the Mouth of Madness. Let's do Possession. We're gonna do Possession. So like, right here, that guy suggested it. It's happening right the fuck away. So that's for you, that's you guys. <laughs> leave comments, leave suggestions. This rarely happens on my own channel because I'm always so busy and backlogged. But this is fun. This is fun. Um, anything else to say about Halloween 3? Um, nope. Would watch it again. 
Of course. Um, they did not incorporate the song by... who is Mel Yellow do Season of the Witch? Who does Season Donovan. Donovan does Season of the Witch. Oh, uh, okay. The original, you ever heard the oh, original? Oh, yes, Must yes. Must be the season yes. of the witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, a really good movie called Sightseers by Ben Wheatley that incorporates Season of the Witch. I think, like, multiple takes of Season of the Witch. Mm. Different, I think, like, multiple, like, versions of it in there. You ever not seen Sightseers? I have not. Great movie. Great movie. And Season of the Witch is used perfectly. I don't know why I'm okay. bringing that up. It's a needle drop from okay. a 2014 movie that has nothing to do with the 80s. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, I'm good. You good? I'm good. I All think right. this is this is our most fun episode we have. I think so. I had a lot of fun. A lot this of was fun. good. All this right. was good. All right. Cool. Thank <laughs> you.